I'm Tevra Jemian. And I'm Tom Zalatni. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So folks, today we are talking about the humble potato. (laughs) For those of you who are unfamiliar somehow with the potato, the potato is a starchy tuber. That is to say it is... (laughs) I mean, you know, like fair enough, right? Jeez, uh, what a what a what a time! Are are any of you unfamiliar with the potato? If you're unfamiliar with the potato, please hit me up. Yeah. I'm I'm real curious. Like, look, you know what a potato is, right? It's it's a starchy tuber. What else do you want me to say? Boiled, smashed, skinned, fried. Any way you fix it, baby, sure tastes nice. Potato, potato. That's what I say. Let's call the whole thing off. Um. So more seriously, uh, everybody loves a potato. It's one of the nicest things that grows underground. You don't think everybody loves a potato? Our our daughter does not love potatoes. She loves French fries. Yeah, she's a fool if she thinks she, she doesn't French. love potatoes. That's the only way she likes potatoes. That's the but thing. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a potato for everybody, there, and, a, and a and a and a potato in every a place for every potato, and a potato in its place. There's a potato for every person, and a person a person for every potato. I also just want to shout out potatoes for having one of the most fun names of the entire vegetable world. That's the thing. If we seem like we're in a goofy, giddy little mood tonight, it's because we just watched uh, season six, episode 13 of Gilmore Girls. And now we're in here to talk about a potato, which is a word that has fun sounds. I challenge any of you to talk about potatoes solid for like five, ten minutes and not get a little goofy. That's the thing. You, ca- you got to get a little goofy when you talk about potato. A potato. It makes you smile. The potato. It stretches half a mile. What do you know about potatoes, babe? Well, they're a starchy tuber. <laughs> they are a starchy tuber. That's the end of our show for this week, folks. Play the play the theme song. So I do know actually a fair bit about potatoes. Potatoes are a starchy tuber. Uh, they are originally from South America. They were first cultivated in Peru, southern Chile, Bolivia. I think a little. Uh, the oldest known archaeological potato mm-hmm. uh, or like like um agricultural potato yeah uh evidence is from 2500 bc mm-hmm. uh in the pre-columbian peru era and then they were brought to europe by the spaniards in the latter half of the 1600s they didn't really catch on in europe for a while it took a while but then as you probably mostly know they spread in ireland quite widely However, unfortunately, despite potatoes being a wildly diverse food group, they're comparable to apples in how many varieties of potatoes there are. There are still wild potatoes throughout the the North and South Americas, um, and that's just an extremely diverse food group. However, in bringing them to Europe, they only brought a couple of varieties of potato, mm-hmm. uh, and that made the potatoes extremely vulnerable to disease. Mm-hmm. 
leading to what we all know, the fungal blight that led to the Irish potato famine in the 1800s. Yeah. Potatoes are also delicious Mm. and extremely nutritious. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It has been found that a human being can live indefinitely on potatoes and milk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They are an extremely good source of vitamin B6 and vitamin C. However, they are only a significant source of these vitamins raw, Mm. uh, as both of these vitamins are denatured by heat. So basically, they are not a significant source of either, because why would you eat a raw potato? I used to snack on raw potatoes as What's a wrong with you? I really liked them. I don't like them anymore, <laughs> but I really liked snacking on raw potatoes as a kid. Maybe I was deficient in vitamins. Well. I have more fun facts about potatoes. Shall I keep going? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Give me more potato facts. Uh, potatoes are a member of the family Solanum. They mm-hmm. are a nightshade mm-hmm. along with tomatoes and mm-hmm. also eggplants. Yeah. What does I that think, mean? Are eggplants nightshades? Yeah, I, I think yeah, eggplants, eggplants are nightshades. Are nightshades. Um, it means that they are plant life that has solanocene. I can't remember exactly how it's pronounced. Is that it? That sounds right. It's it's some combination. Solanine. 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 I was like, it's some combination of those syllables. And that is a toxin that is highly fatal to human beings, which is why you have things like deadly nightshade and also why you should not eat potato greens or tomato greens because they will make you... Well, no, actually, tomato greens you can eat, but you shouldn't eat potato greens or potato berries. They will make you feel very sick in Mm -hmm. your tummy. They can also cause cancer. Solanines, yes. But actually, (laughs) they discovered that the compound found in potatoes... Even in high amounts, it's it's toxic. It can make you very sick, but uh, it's not it's not cancer causing in humans. Okay. Potatoes. Don't eat green potatoes. If you see your potato and it is green, that means there is a high level of solanine in the potato. Yeah. Like if you're if you're buying fruits and vegetables and they're not the color they're supposed to be, think twice about eating them yeah. is like generally good advice. Now, the one thing I will say, because I don't like food waste, if your skins of your potatoes are blushing green, peel it and see if the green continues into the flesh. Mm. Because if you can remove the green part, you can actually eat the rest of the potato. Okay. It may have a little bit of a funky taste. You know, that kind of like taste tangy, bitter Mm -hmm. flavor you can get in a potato, that comes from that compound. Sure. They are the fourth most commonly cultivated food in the world. In the world? Yeah. Fourth. The first is, can you guess? Okay. Yeah. I want to see if I can guess the other three, not necessarily in order. I don't know them in order, but guess them. Rice, Mm -hmm. corn, Mm -hmm. wheat. Mm -hmm. Boom. (laughs) Potato. Boosh. But you know what I got to say? How is a potato different? From those other food groups. People don't really make bread with it? Tell me more. Think about it. Why don't people make do they, bread? I guess, well, you can we, make I guess potato you actually bread. do potato make bread potato is bread. Actually deli- We're yeah. going to get into all the potato varieties. Uh, but ooh, it's the only one that grows underground. You're on the right track. Keep going. I mean, I'm right. Yeah. That's not the answer you're going you're for. You're right, but keep going. Uh, There's something I want to get at here. It's the only one that's not a seed? Yes. There we go. It's not a grain. Right. It's the only one that's not a grain. The okay. other three are grains. Potato? Not a grain. Not a grain. I think that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tuber. Yeah, a tuber. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about different names for potatoes. Oh my God, I was so hoping you would bring this up. Okay. Can you make it into a wrap? <laughs> Probably not. I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you here. It's been a long day. <laughs> probably not. So most places in the world, that's probably not true. A lot of languages just call it a potato. Yeah. 
or some, you know, it, it, the vowels vary, but like the, yeah. the idea of potato is there. Um, in a lot of languages, uh, if they don't use the word potato or something that sounds like potato, uh, they have a word of their own that translates roughly to like earth apple, ground apple, yes. like underground apple. In French, it's pomme de terre, which is apple of the ground. <laughs> But there's another kind of casual name for potatoes that I want to talk about a little bit, and that is the spud. Uh, do you know where the word spud comes from? What'd you do with spud? Exactly. It's, uh, tell me about it, spud. Sandy's famous line from the movie Grease. That's it? Tell me about it, spud. That's no, weird. obviously not. <laughs> Uh, the word spud uh, is just kind of a like gradual bastardization for spade. You know, like the shovel oh, that you use to you use dig a up a potato. To dig up a potato. Exactly. That's I it. I love that. Yeah, and it just kind of you know, uh, my guess. I think there's no like, sp- there's no known history of exactly how this happened, but like the the kind of accepted answer is like. You know, they were like, oh, yeah, spud, that, that their spud plant, you know, digging yeah. up those spud roots, those spud potatoes, spade that. potatoes, you know. So when you call a potato a spud, it's kind of the same thing as calling like, oh, no, I don't have a good I don't have a good version of this. I was trying to add lib, but I was going to say, like, uh, it's the same thing as calling apples uh, hand twist because of the way you get those. I like it's that. I'm hand twist. calling apples hand twist. You know, going to have a little hand twist for a snack tonight. I don't like it. I wish I'd come up with something better, but it's been a long day, folks. Yeah. So yeah, we we're here today to talk about the humble potato, the delicious starchy starchy tuber. <laughs> hey, who's your favorite starchy tuber? You, baby. Mine's Hank Green. One thing about potatoes mm. is that I know a few songs about potatoes. Okay. All right. One of them is a real song, and one of them is a fictional song. How does which one would you like to hear about first? Explain to me how a how a song becomes a fictional song because I feel to like choose if, first. What's the distinction though between a, a real song and a fictional? So once a song is written, it's a song. Do you want to hear about the real song first or the fictional song? Give me first? the fictional song first. The fictional song is called the Potato Opus, and it is from this lullaby by Sarah Dessen, in which there is a charming, floppy band boy, and he and his bandmates have a song called the Potato Opus, which they work on throughout the whole book and add verses to and change, and it is their great work. <laughs> sure. We never hear the entire song. It is ah. never, the lyrics are never written in full. There is no melody, mm-hmm. but I, being the bippity boppity little man that I am, mm-hmm. of course, wrote a tune for it because right. I, I can't not do that. Will you perform the Potato Opus for I us? I will, but I am, I, I am having some trouble with, I might not remember the lyrics perfectly. That's okay. Because weirdly enough, it's really hard to find them mm. on the internet. I don't know why. Well, because it's fictional. It's a song that doesn't exist. It's exactly. made up. So there are a few, though. Don't you ever give me no rotten tomato, cause all I ever wanted was your sweet potato mashed whipped cream smothered chunk to taste. Anyway, you fix a baby short, tastes nice. All right. That's all I can sing off the top of my head. That's There's more good. to it, but I get this stuck in my head all the time. This song is almost always in my head. Yeah. Now, the other potato song is real. Okay. It's by Cheryl Wheeler. And I thought that it was in the musical uh, um, about Chez Panisse, but I think that that is only because I relate this strongly with Lizzie Tenhove mm-hmm. of Natural Toonie and of my heart, because she sings the song and she is the one who taught me the song when we lived together and ate many potatoes together. Lizzie loves potatoes very much. Lizzie is kind of a little potato herself. 
What's the connection between Lizzie and Chez Panisse, though? Oh, Lizzie also... um, So Lizzie used to live in Northern California when she was a child and is very deeply attached to Chez Panisse and grew up on the Chez Panisse musical, which has a song... Oh my goodness, it has so many songs. And Lizzie would sing these little songs around the house and... um, and we would sing them together. And she also taught me the potato song. Okay. Should I sing this whole song? I think you should sing a snippet of it. <laughs> I think Not too I, much. This is a long song. Yeah. So I will just sing the first part of it. Go for it. They're red, they're white, they're brown. They get that way underground. There can't be much to do. So now they have blue ones too. We don't care what they look like. We'll eat them. Any way they can fit on our plate. Every way we can conjure to heat them. We're delighted and think they're just great. Potato, potato, potato. Potato, potato, potato. Potato, potato, potato. Potato, potato, potato. I feel like you've probably heard me singing this around the house. I have. (laughs) I've, I've certainly heard you singing this around the house. I recommend looking this song up because I'm extremely tempted to sing the whole thing, but I'm not going to put you all through that. That's fair. Uh, It is a very fun little song that you will never, ever, ever get out of your head. (laughs) So let that be a caution to you to maybe not look it up. No, look it up. Look it up. Join me. Yeah, get it in your head. But there's an important point Uh, in this song mm -hmm. that I would like to discuss, which is the many shades of potatoes. Mm -hmm. How many? They're red, they're white, they're brown. Yeah. They get that way underground yeah. because there's not much to do. Mm-hmm. Now we have blue ones, too. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen a purple potato, they're so pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition, so like we used to really only see red, white, and yellow potatoes sure. around in the supermarkets. Yeah. And then at some point, the purple potato sort of migrated its way into mm-hmm. the general population. Yeah. But I have heard, this is not something I've witnessed with my own eyes, but I have heard that in the birthplace of Pototo mm-hmm. in southern Chile and Peru and Bolivia, there are innumerable varieties of Pototo, mm-hmm. innumerable colors, shades, textures, sizes. And someday I would like to witness that for myself. Yeah. I would love to take a little trip to Pototo land. Pototo land. What is your favorite type You know, I'm not actually sure. I love potatoes, Mm -hmm. eat a lot of potatoes, Mm -hmm. have not been intentional enough about experimenting with varietals and Mm -hmm. figuring out what my favorite is. Fair enough. I think I don't have a least favorite, at least knowingly. Of course. Yeah. But I think that I maybe don't have a favorite knowingly either, you know? Yeah. And it depends on what you want them for, right? Because different potatoes are, are, are suited to different things. That's the thing. I think my my best answer to this is that my favorite style of potato is little round ones. Yes. I I love big ones for mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. but I think that if I'm having anything other than mashed potatoes or fries, I want or the little potato. round ones. Sure, but I'm not a big baked potato person. Mm. Like they're good, I just I don't gravitate toward them, you know. But if I'm having like, you know, boiled potatoes or like roasted potatoes mm. i want the little round guys mm-hmm. and so i have this affinity for the little round guys yeah, yeah yeah and i love it when you can get those multi-packs that are like gold red and purple well like, and i think oh. that's why i don't have a yeah. favorite potato because of those multi-packs <laughs> okay so let me make this simpler mm. and i think i already know the answer to this mm-hmm. do you go waxy or do you go flowery this is maybe teaching me that i have not really thought much about my potato preferences in any okay. in any capacity. Do you know what I mean when I say waxy and flowery? Only kind of. Okay. So a t- 
typical, a really classic example of a waxy potato is mm. the Yukon Gold. Okay. When you cook a Yukon Gold and you mash that that flesh, it mm-hmm. gets really creamy. Yeah. Okay. When you cut it open and you feel it, it mm-hmm. feels waxy, right? It feels very smooth. Okay. It feels yes. very slick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When you take like a russet baking potato mm-hmm. and you cook it. The inside is sort of fluffy, sort of flowery. It's a little more starchy, eh? It makes it really good. F- it's looser. You yeah. Know, the Yukon Gold is very compact. Mm-hmm. The russet is sort of fluffier. Yeah, yeah. Makes it really, really, really good for baked potatoes. Makes it mm-hmm. really, really good for gnocchi. Mm-hmm. Decent for mashed potatoes. I prefer waxy potatoes for okay. mashed potatoes because yeah. they get creamier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the waxy potatoes are really good for fries because they'll hold their shape a lot better yeah. than a floury potato. They have more like... They're more they're more compact. Sure. I'm a big fan of waxy potatoes because I think they're more versatile. But if I'm making gnocchi, I want to get like a baking potato mm-hmm. and have that like fluffy, flowery texture because it's gonna make a lighter gnocchi. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I'm like if I'm thinking kind of generally I think waxy is more the direction that I lean mm-hmm. for most things. I think so too. Because even thinking about like when I do like roasted potatoes, which like spoilers for, you know, if we dedicatedly talk about our favorite ways to have potatoes later, I love roasted potatoes. And I think when they fall apart a little too easily when you're cutting them, mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want it to be too fluffy inside. Yeah. I want it to be a little dense. You want the skin to like pop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I've never I've never thought about this before. Thank you for making me think about this. You're so welcome. The only potato song that I have in my mind, apart from Potato, Potato, Potato. <laughs> Which because, is now in your head. <laughs> well, it's always in my head because you sing it all the time, is uh, James Taylor's Sweet Potato Pie, which I frequently get stuck in my head. Trivia time. Mm-hmm. Is a sweet potato a potato? No. Vague. It's a similar thing. But it's also no. a tuber. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think, But they are not the same plant. Sweet potatoes and yams are not from... No. And... Uh, sweet potatoes I, and yams are also not the same plant. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They're different. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, sweet potatoes are, are American and yams are African, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not going to talk too much about sweet potatoes and yams Because this is not today. a sweet potato and yam episode. No, exactly. They're lovely. Yep. They're great. All tubers, really. I've never met a tuber I didn't like. I am a fan of the tuber. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sometime I want to talk about unorthodox tubers like cattail and daylily, which are also edible. Sure. I'd love to talk about orthodox tubers like um, latkes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say some like Jewish YouTuber there, and I wish you had. <laughs> There's probably some orthodox Jewish YouTubers. I'm sure there are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hit us up with the name of your favorite orthodox tuber. Yeah. <laughs> your very specific, very specific request here. Okay, so how about you? What is what is your favorite potato? Uh, it's the fingerling. The fingerling. Fingerling. All right. Tell me about the fingerling potato. The fingerling potato. <laughs> What's it shaped like? Uh, kind of like a finger. All right, yeah. It's an elongated, <laughs> small, knobby potato. Okay. I really only became introduced to it... I, like, I didn't grow up with the fingerling. I, I became aware of it as an adult. I'm not sure at what point in the last decade sure. I became aware of it. Um, and I think I became aware of it actually through reading. I used to read a lot of food blogs mm-hmm. just habitually. <laughs> it was like my, my like you know, fun reading that I did. And I became aware of the fingerling potato because everybody was just raving about it. Mm-hmm. We've had them. I make them actually a lot. Um, they're a small, elongated, knobby potato. Gold flesh, very similar to a Yukon gold, but sweeter and more delicate. Okay. Um, they're extremely nice roasted uh, or seared or, you know, 
really I, I make them smashed often they're just really nice they're really sweet they're really tender I find that they don't get the um the like nasty flavor solanine flavor as easily as some of the other ones okay yeah uh they're just they're really really good little potatoes I also I just have to shout this out because this is something I became aware of this year and some of you may be aware of this also but this year a self-published romance novel that started trending um, that I became aware of is called All He Wants for Christmas is a Fingerling. Oh. And this is a shapeshifter gay love story. Okay. Between a werewolf and a potato shapeshifter named Frenchie. Oh. Um, So he is a fingerling shapeshifter. Uh-huh. This, uh... I read a few chapters of it. It's really something. I mean, I have to say that shapeshifter romance is not usually my brand of romance. And also, like, MLM romance is not always my go-to. I'm sorry, MLM romance? Men loving men. Okay, not multi-level marketing. No, I actually really like that genre. Sure, yeah. yeah it's when you, like, when you read a book. You started a cult and fell in love. Yeah you, yeah, yeah, you invite your friends over and read them the first chapter of a romance novel, then they have to buy the book from you in order to get the No, they have chapters. to bring five friends in well, and yeah. get each of those five friends to buy the book, and then they can have the next chapter. That's it. They get one chapter of the book for yeah. each friend that they actually, you know what, that's not entirely unlike a model that I've seen for Patreon that has worked for people in the past. <laughs> it's really interesting. If you've ever really longed for smut that involves a potato rolling around on a wolf erotically. Sure. And then having little wolf potato babies. Oh, there's some empreg in here there's, too? There's empreg in here okay. too. All right. Uh, this book was written on a dare, which I appreciate. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so if that's something that your, your heart yearns for... Mm-hmm. All he wants for Christmas is a fingerling, maybe for you. It's also Christmas. It's also a Christmas romance. There's so many elements. It's such a rich stew. Yeah. How many books do you have to read this year? <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started. I've been doing such a bad job of keeping up with my reading. Well, maybe you're reading the wrong genre. I guess I need to read uh, Potato Smut. Spud read potato- Smut, if you will. So what is about the fingerling that you like so much, apart from the fact that people write novels about it? How do you like to cook your... your how do you, What's your favorite way to get fingerlinged? <laughs> I guess is the question that I'm trying to ask here. When you're eating them. Baby, if you don't know that by now. <laughs> that's why we're not married. Um, I really like them roasted. Okay. I'll, I, I like to just like, so they're long. Yeah. I like to cut them in half lengthwise mm-hmm. and then um, grease them with olive oil and salt usually. Sure. And then put them face down on a baking sheet mm, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then roast them really hot yeah. so they get that nice sear. sear I love crispy. searing things. Well, yeah, oh especially with potatoes because you get that crispy crumb. Yeah, so good. So good. So I love them like that. That's just really, really, really good. It yeah. doesn't take very long also because they're small, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. nice. Uh, I really just like potatoes cooked that way. Yeah. They also make a really nice smash. They go really well with dairy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to smash them rather than mash them because they're really hard to peel and their skins are really thin mm. and it just kind of feels like a waste. Yeah. Also, the, 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 the uh, most of the vitamins and nutrients are in the skin of the potato. So yeah. if you can eat it, do. Yeah, exactly. The The important distinction between smashed and mashed is that you keep the skin on, yeah. which is why smash starts with an S. The S is for skin. I mean, I skin made the mashed. point of saying that because every time I say, are you okay with it if I don't peel the potatoes, you say as long as you don't call them mashed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's important. It's important. <laughs> the skin is on. You got the S on there. They are skin mashed potatoes or smashed potatoes. <laughs> that is all. I accept this. Yeah. 
Shall we, uh, shall we potato sack hop on over to the mid-roll? Yeah, let's go tell people how they can join our MLM and give us some money. <laughs> hey folks, welcome to the mid-roll, the part of the show where we shamelessly ask you to give us money. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of January, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NTG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There is literally no other way to turn 0 into 6, so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Don't forget that now is your chance to submit your nominations and cast your votes to determine who will compete in Munch Madness 2023. Mm. For example, do you want Pototo? Go nominate Potato. Yeah. Hit the link in the show notes and go vote for up to three of your favorite potatoes and write in one nominee you think deserves to be part of this year's tournament. It's actually up to three of your favorite foods. I just, you know, potatoes. Yeah. We will be announcing the rooster in February. What? We'll be announcing the rooster in February. Why'd you say rooster? Did I, thought, I make a typo there? I thought we were announcing a rooster. Well, only if a rooster gets nominated. Roster. There you go. There we go. Roster. Is that a real mistake? <laughs> no, it's a bit. Okay. You want a little extra incentive to leave us a review? Uh, we will read it on the show. Here's a review from September, because that's the most recent one that I could find. From uh, Tag O'Shea says, love it. Such a fun and engaging show. I am so impressed and pleasantly surprised. The chemistry between the hosts is amazing and intoxicating. Great vibes, great vibes all around. We have intoxicating chemistry, babe. Intoxicating. Intoxicating. Great vibes. Thank you, Tag. Tag? How would you pronounce T-A-I-G? Tag? Tug? Tag or Tag. It feels feels Gaelic, and I do not do well with that. It is not my culture. Yeah, fair. Um, But thank you. I also think that we have intoxicating chemistry, and I appreciate it when other people recognize this. Yeah. No one else has intoxicating chemistry. All he wants for Christmas is a fingerling? Vodka, which is a drink made from potato. Ow, ow! Shall we talk about all the potato types of things that you can do with a potato? Uh, Did you like like that way I put that? I put that really well. That's wild. Let's uh, get back from the show out of the mid-roll and talk about more more time about spud. Let's talk s'mores about potatoes. More spud potato. All right, let's do it. Let's talk about the way that we like to eat our patoot. How do you like to patoot your eat? My favorite way to put to potate. Yeah? What just happened? Um, <laughs> I just realized that when we started talking about names of potatoes, mm-hmm. we talked about like pomme de terre and we talked about spud, but we didn't talk about tater. Tater is important. Tater is important. Tater is extremely important. That's all. I just yeah. wanted to shout out tater because yeah. like you wouldn't have tater tots without a tater. It's true. And I, I really like, I like the naming convention of just like thing, but make it a little fun, yeah. you know, where you're like, oh, potato, potato, tater, you know, like it's, it's just like, it's a little, it's a little less busy than the original name. It's a tater. But you still know what you're talking about, you know? Um, And, like, then shout out to Sam Gamgee and talking about potatoes with Smeagol and being just shocked and appalled that he doesn't know what a potato is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was yeah. just a lovely little thing. I do love a good tater. So how do you like your taters? My, yeah, so I alluded to this earlier, but I'm a big fan of a roasted potato. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite is to uh, cut 
the like half sized twins, the the little round guys. Cut the little round Cut guys. Cut the little half. guys. <laughs> yeah, all the little round guys. I want to slice them down middle. Yeah. Uh, I like to. I like to have some small. I like to cut the the little round potatoes in half, and yeah. then uh, just like you said with the fingerlings, roast them like face down, so yeah. you get a little bit of a crisp on there. Uh, and I usually do them in olive oil and uh, lemon and oregano, mm-hmm. uh, and that's mm-hmm. my like that's my kind of go to for those. That's your Greek potato thing. That's my Greek potato. I love I love a Greek potato. Mm, see um, me, I go for salt and rosemary. Sure, that's my olive oil, salt, and rosemary. So yeah. depending on who's roasting the potatoes, those sure. are the two types of roasted potatoes you'll get at our house. And honestly, like I have done the rosemary ones a lot as well. That's like true. rosemary was my go to for a long time too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but honestly, rosemary and oregano together, also fantastic. Lovely. I got to grow oregano this year. Mm. I've been adding like an herb per year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I think just a simple roasted potato with some oil, some salt, and some herb. The humble potato. The humble potato. Because you get that warmth that you get from potatoes, but you also get a little bit of a crack yeah, and like a like a, a good like mouth experience. Those all are those little roasty boys. Like mm-hmm. those are those are a food that like I eat half of them before they get to the table. That's the like, thing. Like you're just grabbing them off the sheet as soon as they come out of the oven. That's the thing, and you don't even mind oh. that they burn your mouth a little no, bit. No, they're on the so way in. good, and they do burn your mouth a yeah. little bit, but they're so good. And then they're great cold the next day too. Yeah. They're just little potato snacky goodness. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other, I mean, obviously, like I'm a big fan of of fast food. Mm-hmm. And like, shout out to the French fry. The French fry. The French fry is fantastic. Um, you know, especially when you boil them first and then you fry them, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you get that like soft inside and then the crisp of the outside mm-hmm. gives you that that perfect fry situation. Um, I love a breakfast potato mm-hmm, mm-hmm, specifically mm-hmm. when it's like tiny diced ones that are yeah. basically tiny diced French fries. Yeah, a little greasy crunch pockets i am a big fan of the hash brown sure um but i actually just as long as i'm talking about potatoes lizzie's just gonna come up sure uh when we lived together lizzie taught me this way of cooking potatoes that i haven't i think i haven't ever made since we've been living together actually okay because they take a certain amount of work but Mm -hmm. work that i'm not worth exactly and she would make these for breakfast Mm. um so you grate the potato Mm. and squeeze it like you would for a latke sure and salt it Mm. And then you fry it just mm. like in one kind of one big cake, but not quite like a latka. You just sure. like throw the, the the grated potato into a hot skillet, yeah, hot greasy skillet. And then like flip it like a pancake. So you get it like hot and crispy on either side. Okay. But it's also still kind of a pile. Yeah. It's very similar to how I prep like ground beef for a chili actually. Sure. Yeah. And you throw that on your pot and you add on your plate and you add... Um, wilted greens of some kind so she would often make this in fiddlehead season and she would do it with fiddleheads sure which is lovely yeah Um, but I've also done it with like spinach chard uh, rapini is Mm. really really nice and then you put an egg on top okay and because Lizzie is a big fan of put an egg on it sure it is so yummy I would make this a lot when I was eating pretty strictly gluten-free okay it is so yummy you get this like salty greasy bed and then the greens and the egg and it just all goes really nicely you can throw some bacon on there it's just like a nice breakfast pile sure well it sounds like a really good good. like it's a good base for for breakfast yeah 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 and that's the thing about potato is like just like the three other most cultivated crops the potato is something you can get large quantities of for relatively cheap Mm -hmm. and make a ton of Mm -hmm. and it fills you up really good Mm mm-hmm 
and like that that's that's huge you know and like talk about ease of cultivation sure like unless you get a fungus which like diversify your crops it's not that anyway yeah um this is something that like no this is something that like western (laughs) agriculture just has not figured out in like two centuries it's just like no you have to diversify your crops yeah you lose things to to disease if you don't diversify your crops but like you can grow potatoes in a bag on your balcony yeah like you stick a couple of seed potatoes which you can literally take a potato from the grocery store let it get some eyes cut it in chunks put it in the ground and keep it moist Mm -hmm. and you will get so many potatoes i once i once moved into an apartment This is a horrifying story. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I once moved into an apartment with uh, a former friend. And uh, this was years and years ago. And he'd been living there for like a few years at that point. Yeah. And before that, his sister, I think, had lived there. And it was one of those like student apartments yeah, yeah. where like the lease just transferred over over the course of like a decade. So the rent was still dirt I cheap. Miss those. Yeah. And like, believe it or not, where we live now is also kind of one of those. It's just ridiculously we're just not sharing it with four other people yeah exactly (laughs) Um, but that was the thing we were sharing it with like three other people and it was you know i paid like 250 dollars all in in like 2011 or something and uh there were you know vermin of various kinds and uh maybe like a week or two into living in this apartment i noticed that the like island in the middle of the kitchen had cupboards Mm mm-hmm that didn't look like cupboards. It was like one cupboard on one side. And instead of having a proper handle, it had one of those handles that's yeah, just yeah. like, looks like a molding almost. Mm-hmm. So I guess no one had noticed for God knows how long that this cupboard <laughs> existed. Um, and there were smells, you know, in this place. And I just was like, well, it's a crappy little apartment. Of course, there's smells and fruit flies and stuff. Uh, but then I discovered this cab- this cupboard and I opened it up and there was a horrifying overgrown potato bag oh my god how big was it like the full cupboard and it smelled horrible and it was the source of a lot of the and so we we you know panicked and got rid of that and uh it didn't deal with all of the like infestations that that apartment had but it did get rid of the fruit flies oh yeah okay there you go yeah yeah i um i had a similar situation but it was not quite as dramatic Mm -hmm. uh i bought a 10 pound bag of potatoes at some point this was when I was having my first child so I was living we and so like we moved into this apartment in October um Raya was born in December so like moved into this place extremely pregnant extremely tired I was 22 I was exhausted all the time I think that would have been the same year then okay in retrospect I think I think it was probably like 2012 2013 when I we just have that much of an age gap yeah yeah (laughs) Wow, problematic. Wow, canceled. Two and a half years. Cancel you. Uh, <laughs> so I was in this apartment in St. Henry and um, got a 10 back pound bag of potatoes and I guess like stored it in the pantry. Mm. And I guess I just forgot about it for a sure. while. You know, you like do. I had a baby, things were hectic. Our kitchen floor did not have insulation. So in the winter, it wasn't really an issue uh, because there was no insulation in the floor. So there was just winter wind getting into the space between our floor and the apartment below. So it kept Uh things very chilly. Um, So there was no issue with the potatoes at that point. Mm -hmm. And then when we were moving out of that apartment the following July, uh, I opened 
the cupboard and found what I dubbed potato Thulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, it just had, you know, the vines were white because they'd been in a closet, which yeah. like, first of all, your potatoes will just grow mm-hmm. anywhere. They don't even need light. No. Um, resilient little bastards, really. Super resilient. Yeah. And these vines were just crawling all <laughs> over the no. pantry. It didn't smell bad. Okay. Um, it was incredible. I had never seen anything quite like it. Uh, I drew a picture of it in memoriam. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they are resilient and they will grow. I've always wanted to try growing my own potatoes because I've heard that the difference between like a store-bought potato and a homegrown potato is like mm-hmm. the same as the difference between tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're easy to grow. Well, We so- just need to forget. About some potatoes for a bit, and it'll happen. Well, no, they need to be in dirt if there's going to be new potatoes growing. Because we're not growing the plant here. We're growing the root. Oh, okay, okay. Um, But you can grow them in a bag. And what you do then, you start them at the bottom. And then as they start to, as the shoots start to come up, you cover them with dirt. And you just keep covering them up. Okay. And then you'll get like a whole root system through the whole bag of little potatoes. And then when you're done, you can just like cut it open and just like lift your potato system out huh. it's very cool that is really cool but i've never tried it well we can do that this year yeah, maybe we'll do a hill of potatoes somewhere yeah yeah i mean we could also grow them like in the yard because yeah. we have that space that's true but if we grow them in a bag and then we decide to move mm-hmm. we can take the bag that's true and then also <laughs> potatoes will like like daikon like beets uh, mm-hmm. like other root vegetables will aerate your soil for you break up clumps if you have impacted soil uh, they're a great thing to grow because they will decompact your soil for you wow which is cool some people plant daikon as a cover crop just to aerate the field hell yeah love yeah. it <laughs> I love I love a crop that like contributes to an ecosystem yeah me too you know there's, yeah, there's yeah. something beautiful about that so other ways to cook potatoes mm-hmm. um there's one way of cooking potatoes that i actually have never tried and really want to okay it's a very fancy french way of cooking potatoes and they are called fondant potatoes so the difference is that in english fondant is a chewy sugar paste yep. that nobody wants yeah and in french fondant means like flowing it's like if you make like a lava cake that's fondant Fondant is melting. Melting, yeah. yeah. Those are related words. They are, yeah. But yeah. flowing is more like a, like it implies like a start and end point. Sure. I think of it as like lava, which is both melting and flowing. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're like, yeah, melting potatoes. You you cut them into discs. The way I do daikon when I do daikon, actually. Sure. Like you cut it into like an inch thick slice. And then you put it in a pan, you sear it on both sides, and you cook it with broth. You, like, baste it, essentially, with liquid as it cooks. Ah. And it it sucks the broth up into the potato. It doesn't fall apart. It just gets really, like, soft and unctuous inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've never tried them. But by all accounts, like, I've heard a lot of people be like, I never made them because they seemed like a lot of work. And I thought these can't possibly be that much better than, like, a stewed potato or a roasted potato. And then I made them. And boy, was I wrong. Yeah. So I really, I want to try that. They lo- they almost look like scallops too, which is kind yeah, of yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah. Imagine going in for a bite of a scallop and it's a potato, or the oh other way God. around. 
that's a nice little prank you could play on a friend if you wanted you to. You could make have fondant a plate potatoes. with fondant potatoes and scallops. That's what I mean. Yeah. And if you get them exactly the same size, you can mm-hmm. play a little like a little trick. There's also a pomme puree in French, mm-hmm. or like a rebouchon mashed potatoes, where you mm-hmm. like whoop them really, really well with butter yeah. and make them really, really creamy and goopy and yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that. I, I, one of the things that I would like is to go to Robichon's restaurant here, because there is one here. Isn't he from here? Why, why is this, why are you making that face? No, I'm just surprised. I didn't know that. Also, Uh, like, I thought Robichon was a variety of potato and that's what it was named after, but I might have just been wrong about that. He's not from here, but he has a restaurant here. Okay. (laughs) I forgot he died a few years ago. That's a bummer. So he's not anywhere. No. Well, maybe he's I guess not. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I would really like to go get those famous potatoes at some point. I, the way that he does his potatoes is not dissimilar to how I like to make my mashed potatoes, except I'm sure that his are infinitely better. Yeah, you really like them pureed. You like them really creamy. Except I don't puree them. I mash the hell out of them i'm committed to doing it like with a masher not with like a you know like i really i want to feel that whole experience of of getting them really really creamy Mm -hmm. that i know i know i see you i see you getting all flustered (laughs) giving you the vapors um yeah it's the new potatoes could be so sexy and it's like it's like it's like buttery and salty and fatty Mm -hmm. and like but i also love to like put a little cheese in my potatoes i know and that is actually uh something that i do not like i am a mashed potato purist and even though it tastes good when you put cheese in your mashed potatoes i just i just i get upset sure because it's not supposed to be there it tastes good but it's not supposed to be if you called it like a i don't know mashed gratin or something i would be like yeah yeah yeah, okay sure Sure. this is a potato and cheese dish (laughs) but when you call it mashed potatoes and there's and there's cheese in it i'm like what the fuck is this I I understand that. It's one of those like little like it's like a petty yeah. a petty pedantry thing. It is. Yeah, I get it though. I have those. I am never more pedantic than with food. Sure. That is me at my most pedantic. And you know, like, you come by it honestly, you are French. It's true. I was raised in French food culture. I can't help it. My dad and my mom were both trained in Parisian restaurants. I'm screwed. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. What's um what's your like absolute favorite potato dish? Ooh. That's kind of hard. I mean, I have to shout out gnocchi. I love gnocchi and I I love it especially because it's not your typical potato dish. Mm-hmm. It really shows the versatility of the potato. Yeah. Um you can make man, I'm just telling you folks, if you make gnocchi, first of all, make gnocchi, it is so incredibly easy to make your own gnocchi and it is so much better than the stuff you get at the store even mm-hmm. if it's fresh yeah. like you cannot be making your own gnocchi and it is very easy <laughs> but do me a favor make your gnocchi with the floweriest baking potato you can find boil it whole don't skin it before you boil it boil it whole until it's soft let it cool a little bit peel it and either grate it through a big hole grater or rice it mm-hmm. uh, if you have a potato ricer don't mash it 
So keep those starches intact. Yeah. Don't don't mush them up. Mm-hmm. And then make your gnocchi that way with a very light hand. Mm-hmm. And you will have the fluffiest, meltingest potato pillows. Like you remember those gnocchi I made. Yeah. Like they melt in your mouth. Um, and you have not lived until you've had gnocchi that is fluffy instead of chewy. Yeah. It is It is an experience. Truly. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> but if we're talking about just potatoes, you know, I do love a roast potato. Roast sure. potato with... Um, oil and salt and mm-hmm. maybe rosemary, but honestly, you don't even need it. I really like latkes. Mm-hmm. I really like latkes. Yeah. Um, especially with like applesauce or cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. There's something about something that has that fat and that salty flavor, mm-hmm. but then has something really clean cutting through it. Sure. That's one of my favorite pairings ever. Mm-hmm. Like anything fried that has like an acidic yeah. Tangy and maybe a little bit sweet sauce that goes with it. Sure. I love that combo. Yeah. So like latkes with apple or cranberry sauce is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I also really like making potato bread. Yeah. Like I haven't done it in a while, but potato bread is really beautiful. And traditionally you make it also with the water that you boil the potato in. Mm-hmm. So it's like a low waste thing. True. Yeah. But actually, now that I'm on this tear, mm-hmm. there's one way of cooking potatoes that we haven't talked about that I think deserves a shout out. Sure. And that is... So what does Sam Gamgee say? He says, roast them, boil them, put them in a stew. We haven't talked about the wonderful addition Mm. potatoes make to stews and soups. Mm -hmm. And there are two really standout knockout ones for me. One is in a beef stew. Sure. You make a classic beef stew. Mm -hmm. You get Mm -hmm. those chunks of potatoes. They soak up the gravy. Mm -hmm. They become Mm -hmm. these beautiful little flavor bombs. They're soft. The other way, and this is something I used to make a lot and actually haven't made in ages, and I can't remember the even the actual name for it, but I used to make a curry mm-hmm. with potatoes and peas. It was just potatoes and peas curried in, in you know, a curry gravy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so yummy. It's so just nurturing and pleasant. I'm seeing alu matar. Okay, I was thinking alu, so it might be that. Yeah. That seems to be Google's consensus. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah. And I and I can't even remember, like, what masala I used for that. I can't remember how I made it because this was, like, I think this was, like, end of high school that I made this the most, like, beginning of college. Like, this was a very long time ago. It's so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice. That's, that's like, I don't know if, I don't know enough about samosas to know if this is just the standard samosa filling, but in my mind, that's the perfect samosa filling. It is the perfect samosa filling. Potatoes and and peas. Like there's a, there's a restaurant that doesn't exist here anymore. Rest in peace. Dad's bagels. Uh, that, uh, my buddy Sam and I used to go to sometimes at like, you know, one o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, they had really good bagels, but they also had really good Indian food. I love Montreal I know. sometimes. The city is wild. And uh, I remember I would just get like tons of samosas from them and like bring them home. And like they were dirt cheap, yeah. which is why this place doesn't exist anymore because their stuff was very cheap. And then their staff started stealing from them and, you know. Oh they were like, well, we don't have enough money to stay in this gentrifying neighborhood, so bye. And that was a bummer. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love I love potato and pea. Samosas, honestly, right up there for me and how to eat potato. Sure, yeah. Um, 
I never had dad's bagels. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, dad's bagels. Uh, but when I was at McGill, I don't know if this is still a thing, but when I was at McGill, all of the student clubs would have samosa sales sure. uh, to raise money because there was a restaurant that, like, I think they made most of their money making samosas for McGill students doing sure. samosa sales. So, like, I'd be on my way to class and maybe I didn't have time for lunch, but I could count on there being, like, three for two dollars samosas in like the leacock entrance hall and you could just grab them yeah and there would be a little dipping sauce and you could just eat your samosas on the way to class um and it was such a good system (laughs) well that's it right like they and it again comes back to the potato as something that is cheap and quick and filling and they were always potato and pea right yeah yeah Uh, it's perfect because what else do you need so good yeah and i just remembered Mm -hmm. ultimately i can't believe i didn't remember it what's my favorite soup leek and potato yeah Yeah. not the classic creamy leek and potato Mm -hmm. but the like a la paisan leek and potato (laughs) that's like broth thinly sliced potatoes and thinly sliced leeks and that's it salt and pepper yeah a lot of black pepper you can even you don't even need broth it's best with broth it's most hearty with broth but you don't even need broth you can just make it in heavily salted water and it is still good yeah 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 100 percent. it's been my favorite soup since i was five years old i love it (laughs) uh my my last note on potatoes is uh my ancestors would uh abandon me if i didn't you know mention like hungarian potato dumplings that exist and are fantastic in in various different forms uh the the ones that my like grandpa would make the most often are like more of a potato noodle than a dumpling really where like a, like a schnitzel like a not schnitzel like a spätzle uh like a spätzle yeah spätzle. yeah um but not quite i i forget what they're called but yeah ba- basically spätzle yeah um like a little potato noodles that you you plop in you know with your goulash or with your paprikash and like beautiful tasty Ugh, let's do paprikash greasy. on those soon yeah i'm just uh, th- this whole conversation is making me hungry for for potato heavy dishes we actually have some little potatoes in the crisper oh hell yeah we can make roasted potatoes tomorrow hell yeah we can and then we can make fondant potatoes perfect and then we can make like a potato soup yeah nobody can stop us no one can stop us. we can eat potatoes all week if you want listen that's how we became grown-ups because now we can have potatoes all the time my other ancestors the irish ones are rolling in their graves right now excitedly yeah yeah (laughs) they're like oh Oh, are we laddie? That's Scottish. Oh, fiddle-dee-dee. We're going to eat some... <laughs> All the potatoes they want. Still not great. I don't know how Irish... I, I love the Irish accent. I cannot reproduce. That's okay. It. I can reproduce. Uh, as has been evidenced. De- demonstrably. On that note, should we wrap up the show and go snuggle our four-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Tell the king I bear healthy children. God, I need to go to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Thank you guys so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? You can his, hit you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. You can, you can just hit us. Hit us. Hit us, please. <laughs> but hit us with your cars at, on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Tefer Bear and at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and you want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Ann, Erica, Carlea, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. We are trying to get at least one new patron per month this year. 
We don't have a new patron yet for January, so you want to be that person? Now's your chance. Remember that we have, uh, what was it, irresistible chemistry? Irresistible chemistry and we, great vibes. Yeah. So? What's not to love? What's not to love? And you can Throw be a coin to your witcher. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that show. No, clearly. <laughs> uh, patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. So if that's exciting for you, maybe you want to hear us do a whole episode about samosas. You can go to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen we also have merch you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great potatoes from our friends over at potato cavern listen the thing about our merch is that you can get a tote bag to grow your potatoes in you can get a tote bag to grow your potatoes in. also those tote bags are great i use them for groceries they can carry so many potatoes you know they really can they're good tote bags good tote and of course you can always support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice hey wait a second tom yeah are there bras in the merch store no but there could there should be should there be actually do you want to support us so we can support you oh that's (laughs) do the for free bit again And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Please do it. Do it. We keep asking you to do it and nobody ever does. Why don't you do it? And by sharing this with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Spuds McKenzie Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Fluffy Melty Potato Pillows Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but certainly not least, this show was produced by Tom's Latni and oh, me, me. Tefra Jemian. It's you. And edited by Tom's Latni. That's me. As part of the Pod Cavern Network. Do you think they grow potatoes in the Pod Cavern? Um, you know what? I bet we could ask Tongue. We could ask Tongue about growing some potatoes in the pod cavern. I bet there's potatoes in the pod cavern. You can find out more about the great potatoes on our network at www.podcavern.com See you next week. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Report. Set collection. Discrepancy straight line, Moth said. Meet Moth. Moth travels everywhere and every when in search of often deadly discrepancies and tries to make sense of the briefs she gets from collection. There were holes in the brief, you know. I don't like that. The Moth Collection Podcast. It's science fiction with a little bit of horror. It's weird and funny and romantic, and there won't be another season. 14 episodes, and that's it, people. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Podcavern.